Hey guys, what's up? I'm Riley. And I'm Josh. And we are your hosts of the Good Is New podcast. Happy Tuesday. Welcome everybody. Tuesdays <laughs> are our favorite. You guys, I... When I re-listened to last week's episode and I heard myself sing the that thing, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> it's Why? always so hard for me to listen back. Yeah. Also because also when people are like, oh my gosh, I listened to the podcast and I'm like, oh no, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? But I know. Because really we're just recording a conversation we have. Like yeah. I feel like it's genuinely it is. a conversation. It is. And like we genuinely are laughing our asses off the I whole know. time. I know. So then I get nervous. I know. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, when I'm re-listening, I'm like, okay, shut up. Shut, <laughs> shut up about the skirts. Like, you know, I'm just like, they don't care. Yes. But maybe you do care. Maybe you guys do care. Okay. Have you, have you, this is random, but have you seen the hair theory thing everyone's doing? I have not. Okay. It's like a TikTok trend where everyone's like doing different videos of them with their hair like up, half up, down, curled, all different hairstyles. And it is crazy how much it changes people's faces. Just like having your hair up or down, down or, or curled. Half. Yes. Like all of it. It's my, you should look it up. It's really cool. Like I should look that up because I feel like there's some things that I do and I'm like, okay, cute. And then other things that I do and I'm like, why do I look like anytime I yes. curl my hair, you curl your hair and it's so cute and you don't look like you're going to prom. I feel like anytime I curl my hair, I look like I'm going to prom. And I like can't wear face makeup because then it's, it's just it's too much. It's too much. No, I, yeah. But you, it's hard. you, you do that and no, you look great. But eh, there's times, but I get but what you're my, saying. Like it, it's just interesting. So it people are always your like, face. yeah, hair is your identity. And I'm like, it kind of like really is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's just random. I like keep seeing that. I'm like, we got to talk about that because even when I do half up, half ups, like remember when like the slicked half up on top of your head was a uh-huh. big trend. Yeah. I would always like, I feel like I look five, but there's yeah. some people that I'm like, you look so freaking hot in that yeah yeah Anyways. why can't we yeah why can't we all I mean we can't all look the same but like why can't we look the same right or be able to pull off the same right. things yeah I was just I was just watching who was it I don't know it was a TikTok I was randomly scrolling and she was like if you have the same outfit if you're looking on Pinterest and you're looking at outfits and you see this cute European girl in her cute yep. outfit you buy the exact same outfit and you put it on she's like it's not gonna look the same because guess what you're not in Europe. She's like, you are so taking true. a picture in front of a white target wall right. where they're taking a picture in front of these beautiful gardens. Like, and I'm like, wow, so what true. a great point. It is so true. Or like, like even the lighting's different. Lighting, body shape, everything. tan, eye color, hair color, everything. Yes. Speaking of tan. So I've been using the Glotion. Remember yep. we talked about that. Yep. It's not called Glotion, by the way. Oh, you idiot. It's called like, <laughs> and I don't even know what it's called, but I was reading oh this morning and I'm like, oh, that's not what it's called, but it's close to that. I've gotten so many comments. They're like, your face looks so shiny. And I'm like, okay, it's working. <laughs> I, do you but love is shiny that, a good thing? I know. Do you love that we used to like, shine was so bad. We'd literally go to powder rooms powder, and powder our faces. Like, I mean, yes. not us, but like in, in the olden days. My grandma. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like even us, like when Mac was like the biggest, best makeup you could wear, yes. it was all about being matte and Powdery. stuff. And now we're like, let give me that shine. Yes. Give me that oily, yeah. just got out of the sauna look. Sauna look. Like I want to be dripping sweat. Just yeah, kidding. totally. No, but it's, yeah, if you guys need a good, I just don't, I don't put it all over my face. I don't put it all over my face. I just put it where... Like on my nose, cheekbones. I use it basically as like a highlighter, but it's a little deeper than a highlighter, which I like. 
Oh, you don't put it all over. No. So like oh. I was at first and I was like, I don't love this. Like I was like, just kind of like, I feel really shiny and like all one color, you know? Mm-hmm. So I started doing my elastin mm-hmm. and then that over it. And it just makes you shine where you really want to shine. You don't want to like shine all over, you know? <laughs> You shine? sound so glossy. <laughs> what do you say? It makes what you shine it? where you really want to okay, shine. That's, okay, 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 honey, honey boo thing. <laughs> I didn't know you we were getting so deep. <laughs> we're not. It's just about the makeup. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, what's new with you? How's yeah. life? Yeah, great question. I'm looking at my camera roll to remember. Okay, great. Well, I new? feel like I need to rewind. Okay. To last week for okay. a minute. For some reason, I freeze when I get on here. You guys, I don't know why. <laughs> we're literally just in a room, just us two. I know. But when I always forget. She forgets what's new with her. She's always only working. <laughs> like, I just work. That's all I do. <laughs> okay, so I, when I was in Hawaii, I forgot to mention that I had somebody come up to me and ask if I was the good-ass new girl and if I knew Janessa. Well, she was like, wait, like, wait I feel like you know together. Janessa. And then she's like, you're the good-ass new girl. And I was like, oh, Wait, did she, did she know me? So I don't know. We were like, weirdly in passing and it was like one of those things where like we weren't gonna stop and talk yeah you know yeah but we should have I was like dm me I want to say hi to you more but she hasn't yet so if you're listening to this dm me because I want to like know who you actually are yeah because obviously you know me we do this yes but I think at first she was just like oh I've seen them together and then she was like oh you are like you are on the podcast with her so then maybe she didn't know you prior you know Hmm. But yeah, I will find out about that. But yeah, it was like so fun. I was like, yes, yeah, where's my <laughs> paparazzi? Me. I'm so confused. <laughs> um, but it is actually so fun to meet you guys. Yeah. Because I feel like we talk to you mm-hmm. every week and then we never get to meet, which we will be soon. But yeah, my another day. My friend was at Costco in uh, like Orem or Provo. Yeah. And he called me and he's like, hey, there's a girl here and she's wearing your good as new sweats. I and I'm like, what? I'm like, send me a picture. And turns out like he couldn't get a picture or whatever. Oh, Hopefully he wasn't lying. <laughs> trying <laughs> to make trying me to feel, make cool. you feel good. No, but I was like, wait, that's so it's cool. Cause so I'm like, fun. I don't really know many people like now I do, but when he called, like I didn't. Yeah. And so I'm like, I don't know many people that way. That so way. I don't know like who would be wearing my sweats unless I didn't know them. It's so fun. That makes me like giddy. I love it so much. I, know, I love so when you fun. guys like tag us and post us. It makes me feel like we're actually friends. Yeah. And then my other update that I should have updated everybody on was while we were in Hawaii, <laughs> Joshua. Okay. Also, my husband is named Josh. Yes. Our guest on today is also going to be Josh, but <laughs> they are not the same person. Just so <laughs> everybody knows. Um, They do kind of look like though. But while I was there, we were hiking in this waterfall and... You could like jump in to the waterfall. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. Yep. Like where the waterfall is, you could jump in. There was another waterfall that you had to climb over to get through. And we were like leaving. So all the boys were like getting out and coming back over. And Josh slipped and fell. Mm -hmm. And like usually I never have to like worry about like he can figure it out. He's like athletic and like can figure things out. You guys, the look on his face was like, I'm going down this waterfall. So just like prepare yourself yeah I was screaming bloody murder like I have never felt that panic of like helplessness yeah you know what I mean like, like you what watch are you things. gonna do yeah and usually people are in control I felt so helpless it's like one of those things where neither of you are in control yeah and I was just like screaming my mom actually never freaks out at anything I feel like that's because she's a nurse so she just like is she's like everything's gonna be fine and mm-hmm. she was like like 
nervous as So he's hell. sliding down the waterfall. Down the waterfall and like spinning. Like the water oh. was taking him to the point of like literally no one was stopping. And like, what am I going to do? Jump in? No, 0% chance. Sorry. Yes. I mean like, right? Like, what do you you know, I don't know. What do you do? Yikes. But anyways, it was terrible. And then I was like, I cried for like 30 minutes. Cause it's like one of those feelings of like, I mean, okay, I should finish the story. He didn't fall down the waterfall. <laughs> his, his, his foot hit a rock and he was able to stop and like get out. But it was like 30 seconds of like, what in the hell are we actually going to do? Okay. So can you please, if he would have, I'm going to post a video. Okay. To help. Okay. If I, he would have fallen down the waterfall. Yes. It's Rocks just a underneath. way fall. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there was like two waterfalls, one where they were jumping into. And then the one that they had to climb across was just mm. like waterfalls into gotcha. rocks. So it was kind of like. Do you remember my sure. friend Jess that was in the mm. vacation stories who got arrested and had to spend a night in jail in yes. Mexico? Her husband, I think in Mexico, not same trip. Maybe. I actually don't know. But he jumped off a waterfall and broke either no. both of his feet or both of his legs. Something, two of them. That is my biggest fear cliff jumping. Yeah, I like know. My dad made my brothers get in and fill before because yeah. like that is terrifying. Oh my God. Yeah. Oof. Yikes. So I'm glad Josh is okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> oh, is that whole story about me? I, I'm fine. <laughs> okay. We just talked about this. Some people thought that you were my husband. They were, they were at, no, they were asking us questions. They were like, do you like Riley with short hair or long hair? And I'm like, okay, wrong Josh. (laughs) But do you, but do you though? What one? Okay. We literally don't care that much about Josh. We just really want. (laughs) Okay. Well, now that you can, well, wait, what's new with you? Anything? Did you look at your photos? Yeah, I looked. There's really nothing. Not much. Just hanging out with friends, family, kids, you know. The, the typical, the usual. The usual, yeah. Same. I've just been like back to work now after those two stories because <laughs> I was gone for so long. So <laughs> here we are. Well, okay. weird. You're working. Okay, listen. <laughs> okay, you guys, we are so excited that today we have on the podcast Josh Eunice. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I need the visual cue there. <laughs> wave, um, wave. He is one of... CJ and Josh's very, very, very best friends. So we're excited to have him on to talk Mm -hmm. about him, his life, his backstory, and then kind of dive deep back into the accident and how you felt, where you were, all the things. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) He's ready. (laughs) Okay, wait, but first of all, you two know each other as well. Yeah. From he was all okay, can you Okay, where <laughs> did he work at Emily's gym? Yes, he did. You taught breakdancing. I taught breakdancing for I think like four or five years before I went yeah. on a mission. So I saw you and all your siblings as tiny infants. Kids. Wait, and did you get CJ the job there? Or did he get you the job there? How was that? No, I worked there first and I don't I can't say I got CJ the job. I think he just showed up and was who he was. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he can threw you please a backflip stay? and can yeah. You stay here sure. forever. <laughs> can you actually Part-time? live here? Yeah. <laughs> Part time. Yes. And then they worked together there. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I know you from that and which is so cool. It is That's actually so, so cool. I know. Full circle, right? Like, here. don't you yeah. just see her as like a little eleven year old? I remember really sitting weird. across the table at her house. Remember eating Harmon's yeah. salad, and you're like, "What the heck?" All your siblings, <laughs> C and Jace, because I taught your brother Jace yeah. specifically in my class. And when I saw him, I was like, "Dude, I'm having a real hard time like <laughs> putting you in an I adult know. body." I'm like, "You just look like a little baby that like took steroids." <laughs> 
I know. And is he's like so nice and like I don't know, just so like grown weird. up, so mature. grown up. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a legend. It's so yes. cute. Okay, so let's hear about you. Where are you from? Your wife? How'd you meet her? She's All the things. Cute. She's yeah. really yeah. cute. She's the cutest. This is the oh, Josh that we talk about. <laughs> yeah. This. Is, so I talk about Josh and Kirsten. Almost every episode. This and is them. This is them. Well, this is, him. This is <laughs> Not yeah. them. Kirsten's currently Kirsten, at home. But yeah. She is, yeah, she's my wife. So yeah. I'm from Sandy. So born and raised. Went to Alta High School. Shoot, what else do you want to know? Uh, just born and bred. Utah. Utah. Yeah, I wish I could say I was more exotic than that. And then met CJ when I was 17. And we've been best friends since. Ever since. Where did you meet Kirsten? A blind date, actually. Okay. So I went on my mission to England. And my really good friend on my mission ended up marrying one of the sister missionaries I was also really good friends with. They hooked me up on a blind date after my mission, so. That is a great one. Blind <laughs> date, wow. Yeah, and I can't say I nailed the blind date. Uh, I obviously called Siege for advice before, and he's like, just don't be how you are right now. <laughs> Post-mission self, and I, I did, in fact, go do that, so yeah. just totally bombed the first date, but then six months, I, after six months, I recouped it. Okay, uh, good. Flow. Okay, I, good. Yeah, yeah it, it ended up working out. Missionary goggles were removed. But uh, also, yeah. you were the worst person to date as well okay, like well, explain like, yourself okay so <laughs> i always i always say cj was so hard to date because he could not commit and like i like knew after like a few months that i was like okay i really like this guy like i i see it going somewhere it was same with you and kier yeah kier was like in love with you <laughs> and you were like hey. and you and no, you were so no. hard so yeah so we dated for five years and there was just a lot of wait you've dated for five years yeah and yeah, so we met when I got back in 2015, and we got married in 2020. Well, I didn't realize it. Okay, so you were worse. Okay, well, <laughs> okay, so yes, I was worse, but then also, obviously, he's my best friend, and he was talking to me and giving me the advice, right? That's true. So, no. so who's <laughs> in the wrong? So who's really at fault here? No, we just, yeah, we were slow movers, and I didn't really know, because that was just what I was used to, that that yeah. was like... Now, now looking back, I would have definitely done it yeah. sooner. But. I actually remember when you got married because you got married during 2020. Yeah, right. In the COVID, middle of COVID. Yeah. Yes, and it was like a destination wedding. I remember seeing that you were getting married, and I was like, <laughs> like "He well, made it." Destination wedding is glamorous. Yeah, that's more one like, way to put it. <laughs> more like my beautiful. wedding got canceled, and we just went to like the mountains of Saint George. And okay, it looked amazing though. It did. It was so. It turned out so like pretty. Like your pictures, and it was like I it mean, CJ beautiful. and I were there. Yeah. You could only have how many people there? Like 10? Technically, you were supposed to only have 10. I think we had like 13. Yeah. We were oh, in you. Danger. So it was all. Jail. I know. It was okay. all of Josh's family, <laughs> all of Kirsten's family, and then me and CJ were there. Yeah. Which Aww. was super That's so special. And, Stayed yeah. at Josh's parents' house in St. George. Yeah. And at their pool an hour before the wedding, I broke my hand on CJ's foot. Yep. So, oh. real casual. Typical. Type that wedding. sounds just like you too. <laughs> Kirsten got her dress off ASOS like yeah. two days before. Yeah. And it showed up at my mom's forget. house there. I know. But it's seriously like it was so cute and just like intimate and fun. And yeah. it like all worked out really well. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I wouldn't I'm so glad it. I was there. I, it was, it ended up being way cooler than you never would plan it that way. But yeah. now in retrospect, you're like, this was pretty dope. Yeah. It was pretty dope. There was no stress. There wasn't like a huge budget. Where it was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to say our vows and get married and that's it. And yeah. Get out. Yeah. That's actually have amazing. a have a honeymoon in Hurricane Utah <laughs> and call me and CJ to <laughs> hang out. Are you guys still down here? Do you want to hang out the next Shut day? Up. Oh yeah, literally. 
hung out so on our funny. honeymoon. <laughs> that is so funny. I wow. know. I it's so funny because like we always so we were like so close. Me, Josh, Kirsten, CJ, like literally every vacation together. Tense, we are so close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are so close. We would call each other the life partners, which mm. that's hard. Can't really do that anymore. But I always did wonder. I was like. I wonder if people think it's weird, like how close we are. Because we would have like sleepovers. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if people think like other stuff's They're going like, on. Are there here. flamingos in their front yard? Okay, I don't know what I don't know what that means, but we've talked about it. No, it's pineapples. But, and flamingos, it's the same. Flamingos basis. is oh, okay. the same. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh right, interesting imagery there. Okay. <laughs> no, it was but it was cool. Yeah. I feel like no, that's how. No one thought that. I didn't think that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Me thinks thou doth protest too much. <laughs> I didn't. Nope. No, no, not me. Nope, not me. <laughs> no, I, honestly, Innocent. that was how, that was how CJ was though. I feel like that's how you and CJ were. And that's why it was, cause you're just, it's like instant closeness. It's yeah. Like you go to CJ's funeral and you're like, raise your hand if you were CJ's best friend. Right. And, and everybody, everybody raises their hand. It's yeah. He had a knack for just getting incredibly close. And I think CJ and I were like that where we both were like that. And so, mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, that was a, that was a fun time. That was a fun that time. That was the best. I remember though, when I first met you, cause Josh was gone the whole time CJ and I dated and he got home a week before our wedding. On his mission? Yeah. From okay. his mission. Josh got back from his mission. Are and you younger than Siege then? Yeah. Yeah, he is. By like a year. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How old are you right now? 30. Oh yeah. So yeah. he's turning, he was supposed to turn 34 in like a week or two. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I remember when Josh was gone and I was dating CJ, he would always talk about his friend Josh. And he was like, literally what? in love with you, like obsessed <laughs> with you, in love with you. And you know that, like he loved you so much. We were in the same boat. F. <laughs> Josh, we can't. Not yet. Not yet. (laughs) But I just remember, sorry, meeting you for the first time like a week before our wedding. And it was so cool because like you literally just like adopted me as your best friend like you did like with CJ. Like it was just the same and we would do so much stuff, just us three, like before you met Kirsten and before that was a thing. Like it was just us three and it was so fun and I always felt so included and like, you know, it was just so fun. And it was easy. I mean, you're yeah. easy to love, right? Yeah, so are that, you. So and, is, yeah, and I just remember, like, everything he told me about you, I was like, hey, there's no way this guy is, like, that great, and, like, you know? <laughs> but you were, like, it was so cool. I'm like, wait, I'm so glad that CJ has, like, a friend like this. Like, it was just so fun, you know, to meet you finally and whatever. And then, yeah. I was just, so gutted. I mean, you talk about, like, being being best friends for your mission, and you, you talk about your plans. We were going to have matching forerunners and we <laughs> yeah. Yeah. girls that were best friends, which did happen. We were right about that. Yes. Right? Um, but it was crazy because then I went on my mission, and he immediately, like, finds the girl, right? Like, You're like, on, wait. bro, are you serious? Like, I wasn't, I couldn't be there on the first date or, like, yeah. none of, I literally got there a week before, and it was. It was just, like, instantaneous where you, I did, uh, you know. I was skeptical. I was like, yeah. really, CJ, you found you found somebody. The right? one. The huh? one. Did, did CJ really find someone? <laughs> was, but is also, this really over? Yeah. Yeah, like, because it's CJ. Yeah. Like, he dated some weird people, hung he out did. with some weird people. Some- I can say that, and I, I'd say that to his face. He, he had some weird ones. Oh, yeah. I always made fun of him. Like, I was always, like... I would always bring up his not even exes, just like girls he made out with or and whatever. And like, I was what? like, why? I'm like, wh- why? Can you explain your mindset for this yeah. one? What, what was happening here? Oh, that's uh, yeah. so funny. Okay, so you got married. Mm-hmm. And then you, did you immediately move right to London? Actually, yeah. So okay. can't, wedding got canceled. <laughs> we we debated we debated we were like should we get married or because we we're at our parents' house at the time because I'd moved out of my um, 
my little bachelor pad where I was at, right? <laughs> so we're up at our parents' and we're, house. We're sleeping in separate rooms and we're just like, what? Like, how long is this actually going to go, right? So, yeah. you know, people said 15 days and it was like two months. And we're just like, <laughs> should we just, let's just go for it. Let's just get married and then we'll do a celebration later. And then we got married and then my mentor, one of my, the people I really look up to, he had an Airbnb out. So we like spent our first couple months as a married couple in this Airbnb in Riverton that was really nice. And then this opportunity came out of nowhere. And it was just, it was like this weird thing that happened, like most things in life that are meant to be where it was, things started just rolling and we were like, is this actually happening? Like, is this yeah. a weird serendipitous thing? And um, I remember Kirsten was laying in bed and I had this idea and I talked to my, um, my partner now, one of my best friends, and we're just like, hey, like, should we do this? And he's like, yeah, I feel like we should. And so I go into the room. I'm like, Kirst, what do you, I was like, Kirs, what do you think about like moving to England and starting mm-hmm. a business? And Kirs, and this is why I love her. Um, one of the reasons why I love her. Not the <laughs> That's only the reason. only reason. Not the only reason, Kirsten. <laughs> um, and she was like, yeah, 100%. Let's do it. No questions. No, no investigation. No like (laughs) self, like, are we going to be able to afford things? It was just like, sure, let's do it. It's an adventure. Let's go. I love that. So then we moved to England in, I think, September of 2020, which turned out to be the worst time (laughs) on the planet Earth to move to England. 1000%. They were locked down to the point of saying, if you're going to walk your dog, you can do it once a week. You can go to the grocery store, one of you, once a week, and you can go out for a walk once a week. And that was, I mean, it wasn't like the walk police were out and about, but it was like, yeah, it was intense. But you might as well, yeah, just follow along, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that's what we did and then lived there until just probably eight months ago we moved back. What do we mean back? April of 2020. So a year. So it's been a year. It's been a year. Yeah, over a year, a little bit. Eight months, 12 months. (laughs) Same. It's all the same. same. It's all a blur. No, I only know eight months is wrong because it's been eight months. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what's in my head. Totally, yes. totally. One hundred percent. Can I ask what your business is? Is it top secret? Are you no. drug dealing? No. What are you doing? Not, what I'm did not. you? What was your genius idea? I'm not MI six, and it wasn't a genius idea. <laughs> uh, it was a. It's it's a, actually a franchise. Basically, it's a building disinfection technology. So All right. we. I found out about it through another friend that had started it in Las Vegas, and. You know, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Anybody that knows me just knows that that's like been my weird pipe dream. And I wasn't even like, I don't want to be a, like a sexy entrepreneur. I'm not talking like tech or like electric cars. I was like, if you, if, if it's a toothpaste factory, I'm down, right. I'm game for it. And so this thing came along and it just seemed like a business that helped people. It was like making people healthier. Yeah. Basically the point is, is your home has a bunch of stuff growing in it. Um, mold and bacteria and virus and stuff that makes your air quality not as great. And so this sterilizes the whole building, makes it safer to breathe. And we're like, oh, that's like random. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, but but it'll work. And it seems like something that would be fulfilling if if it worked for people. Like we did it and we made a profit and people called us and said, really grateful I did it. My family's healthier. That's something like uh, we, something that we wanted to get into. It makes you feel good as new. Yeah. Might as well. Good you, as new. you told me to come prepared with something. That was my thing. And you've taken it right out of my hands. Whatever. Okay. Um, okay uh, that's awesome. But yeah. wait, you got into that during COVID, right? So like the best time you yeah. could have, right? I, ironically, we were originally getting into it for mold because mold's like a big problem in people's airspace. Yeah. But as we were doing it, we were like, so does this also work for COVID? Cause, and they're like, yeah. Yeah, it's a disinfectant. So we disinfected. We did restaurants and we did a couple office buildings. And yeah, it was just very, like I said, very serendipitous. It felt mm-hmm. like everything kind of weaved together in this weird thread. Yeah. That's it was awesome. so cool because I remember hearing all about this business because we would talk on the phone all the time, every day, basically. <laughs> and we went out 
in September of 20, when would that have been? 2021? 2021, I think. Yeah, 21. <laughs> we went out and visited Josh and Kirst oh, in CJ London. I love that. <laughs> CJ's not uh, a huge, dude. huge fan of London English. Let's imagine. be clear. I told him he wasn't going to like it before. And he's like, no, nah, bro, I freaking love it. And I'm like, CJ, it's like old buildings and like, like rolling green hills and shopping and fashion. And he's like, oh, I think it'd be good. I'm like, CJ, if Just there's trying not a- to be the most supportive ever. He was. And yeah. I was like, if there's not a cliff jump within like a 30 minute walk, CJ's You're not going to like mind. it. Yeah. yeah. And we were right. Yeah, we were right. He we didn't right. love it. You were like but doing he... escape rooms, weren't you? In yeah, they did an oh escape my room. God, that is the best <laughs> like that. Okay, so this is only really relevant if you know CJ, right? CJ was right. so intense, and <laughs> so I was intense. so intense. And if it was just me and him on like a challenge that we were on the same team, we were like cringy intense, yeah. right? Yes. We we're like, so we were like, you know, there's no ego there. You're with your best friend. You're like, dude, should we go so hard? <laughs> So we did this escape How room. How hard can we go? <laughs> oh, dude. We did this escape room that was like a rob a bank and get out without being noticed. Okay. And it was a really like like out of the way kind of hole in the wall. Like George and Kirsten had found something they wanted to do. So we're like, We we'll, went to we'll Mamma Mia. Oh, that's right. And that oh, was yeah. a hard no. For, <laughs> I know. For you both guys of really us. missed no. <laughs> I don't think we did. So we go, we book this escape room and we go in and CJ and I look at each other and we're like, bro, we are going to get this done faster than anybody. We are getting the number one record. And we go in and I'm talking like, we're on our hands and knees. We're army crawling. Like we're like sweating. And what we didn't know is this, this, this place is totally unprepared. They hadn't put us on the booking. They hadn't reset any of the rooms. No. So, and, and all the, like one of the actors was gone. So every single room You're able was to get broken. Through. No, it was broken. It, w- it didn't work. So you'd like, we're oh, army crawling oh, oh. to get a key and putting in the door and the door doesn't work. And we're at it for like 10 minutes. And then they finally come over the intercom. And they're like, oh, sorry. Like, just push it open. And, so, like, and you guys are just army like, crawling. We were so intense. And we got out and we were, it was like the worst thing we've ever done. But like the a, best thing. But it was the best thing. That, and it was just, that's how it was with CJ. It's like everything you did. It was it was gonna end up being a memory regardless, right? So yeah, that yeah. was one of them. That's that such a good way to put he it. He was so intense. He was. <laughs> uh, anyway, but it was cool because we went and saw your warehouse, and we like drove around in your peer maintenance truck thing, and, yep. Yep. and so it was That's just cool awesome. because like we heard about it, and like he would talk about it nonstop, and like we knew everything about this mold removal, but to then we actually like, come to went life. and saw, and it was like so legit, cool. and it was cool. It was fun. <laughs> They're not faking. They're not frauding you. So there yeah. is fifty percent of us since you. Moved somewhere and you're just and in a you shack. guys are just <laughs> chilling, <laughs> selling drugs, just homeless that out in so London. Funny. It's still in London, yeah, right, like the warehouse and everything. So my business partner is one of my closest friends, um, absolute legend. He's the CEO and he runs the day to day out there. Okay, and awesome. I do all the. I'm kind of like CFO, COO. I'd run all the finance and all the stuff that I can do in a different time zone. Yeah, so that's awesome. Very cool. And you just had a baby. Yeah, little Tommy <laughs> no. G. Oh. She's so freaking cute. How's it been being a father? Uh, so, okay. So I had like, I have a little bit of an ego and some hubris, mm-hmm. right? I thought, oh, everybody does this. Like literally everybody <laughs> has babies. I, yeah. I know people from all ends of life that have babies. And so how hard can it actually be, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how bad can sleep deprivation actually <laughs> be? And it is, it's, it's intense. Yes. It's harder than I thought. It is, but then also on the flip side, everybody's always so negative about the sleep thing. And here I am doing the same thing. But <laughs> right, like, it was right. like, oh, it's so hard. Say goodbye to your life. Like, good luck ever taking a trip. But it's actually the sickest thing 
ever. It's yeah. so cool. All of the the tough stuff, totally worth it for what you get on the other end. Like I could sit with her on my chest for three hours and be completely fulfilled right. watching a show. That's awesome. But we all knew that about you. Okay. We knew you were going to be the best dad. Not a psychic. <laughs> Literally. You're we, not a psychic. I knew. I freaking knew. You can't see the future. <laughs> She's okay. had it written down forever. <laughs> no, but he's always been so good with my kids. Like Charlie love kids. loves you. I he freaking love you. your kids. Yeah. They love you. Stevie, oh, you know, she, Stevie doesn't she, know who I am, yeah, but she, she's fun to hang out with. Yeah. <laughs> she'll get there. She'll, she'll roll around. Eventually she'll memorize you. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into anything too crazy, we got to do our goodie grab. Yes. So, okay. So Josh mm-hmm. told us his favorite stuff is gummy candy and Red Bull. So we got his Red Bull. We've all had Red Bull before. I don't like it. Don't need to have it ever again. Oh, <laughs> I go. hate it. I Didn't do you like any other haters. energy drinks? Uh, Yeah. I think I like, <laughs> let me think about that. That's not a question I was came prepared for. Shoot, let me just rattle through. I love Monster. I okay. like, dude, the ghost energies and some of the bang energies are very tasty. CJ loves okay. bang. Bang mm-hmm. is so good. Alani? Do you like Alani? I have never heard of that. You should try Alani. Okay. How about um, Better yet. Days? Alani, they sponsor this podcast, actually. <laughs> Quick shout out to Alani. 10% off if you use good as new. He's lying. He's lying. Not true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're not that cool. Um, Alani's the only one I'll drink. That's what I wondered. Is it like a healthy one or why do you I like have it? no idea if it's healthy or not. It's just good. But it, Alani does have like pre-workout and stuff like that. So maybe. Gotcha. Um, but it just tastes good. Hmm. I struggle. Cool. Like my dad has never taken a sip of an energy drink ever in his life. Really? Really. But he drinks Alani? No. Oh, okay. I'm just saying so like, just people just facts. like don't like them. Like yeah. it's Yeah, I don't weird. like them. Okay, I don't you like don't them. like them at all? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I don't like any of them. I don't all know. Right. Oh, good for you guys. Your hearts will last way longer. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I have a golden eagle every morning. I don't yeah. think. <laughs> I'm not okay, sure yeah. this is much better. Like really, yeah. what is better? You're no, not wrong. I know. You're not wrong. I know. Okay, so also gummy candy. So have you guys had the trolley strawberry puffs? I have not. No. <laughs> they look kind of gross. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> but we're going to try them for you guys today. It's not something you can buy in half. I'm not sure I love this one. And thank you so much for getting the gummies. I really, it's more about the gesture than it is about the flavor, I guess, here. <laughs> These I are feel a little like, funky. I feel like they're too thick. Like Let me I try was, one more. I was chewing for so long, right? Yeah. And maybe the puff makes it worse. So I actually think Josh really liked them because he's going for another. Well, no, because she said there's a flavor. I'm, I'm like trying to, there's a flavor in there I don't understand the what it puff. is. The puff. I think it's like the marshmallow-y yeah, maybe isn't great. Yeah. Mm. It almost is like gelatin, you know, like, yeah. Like if I ate a strawberry that tasted like this, I'd be really freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite gummy candy? Um, the Nerds gummy clusters are fire. Okay, so n- nerd Gummy clusters. Okay, nerd gummy clusters. And then I'm just a sucker for any gummy candy. Like sour, except for, except for the gummy yeah, candy okay, I chose. The, 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 one one. <laughs> the one gummy that I'm like, meh. Maybe sour I gotta have worms? a banana. Uh, sour gummy worms, delicious. Sour Patch Kids, delicious. Um, you like the sour gummy. So yeah, maybe you should have specified <laughs> no, with sour. I, I just started in the list. I'm <laughs> okay, not, keep going. Sorry. Blue Too gummy in. sharks. Blue gummy sharks. Ew. Yeah, but that's more of a childhood nostalgia. Yeah, Charlie you and loves Charlie those. Both? Yeah, Charlie loves those. Let's go, Charlie. He's got good taste. Charlie's your guy. Yeah, I mean, like, you go to Winco and you know those big gummy bins and you just go around and pick yeah. up the... the peach rings from Winco yeah, are next are level. so yep. good. Yeah. Soft always. That's mm-hmm. the hard thing with gummy candy. Second, they're hard. Yeah. Gonzo. Mm-hmm. I, I've i come to realize I don't really like gummy candy. Oh, well, Sour, not sour, here. sweet, I don't care. And now we know why this 
choice was not great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Who one person that doesn't you? like gummy listen, candy to listen, get the gummy candy. I, I wanted to get one none of us had probably ever had. Okay. And gotcha. I was right. We never had that. They pulled that out of the back for you. Yeah, they did. I'm like, give me something nobody buys. <laughs> What's the thing you're about to throw away? Yeah. yeah. That. It's expire. about to expire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, if you need a gross gummy gross treat, treat <laughs> for your next movie, get those and drink a Red Bull or an Alani <laughs> or a Dutch Rose. Because <laughs> Jaw does over here like I feel, losing I feel attacked. her mind. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Are you ready? Okay, so let's talk about when you met CJ and how you met CJ. You said you were 17, Mm -hmm. right? How did you meet him? So I realize this is normal to me and to CJ, but not to like most people, right? Oh, no. We, okay, not like that. Not weird, but. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Like what? So we grew up as dancers. So I grew up breakdancing. Well, CJ didn't grow up. Ballerina dancer. Yeah, well, CJ grew up doing the Nutcracker. And basically, I was part of a crew at the time, which is a a cool name for a group of people. We've all seen Step Up. We've all seen You got served. So (laughs) you got served. Great movie. (laughs) Underrated. We're going to start saying that. I'm going to start saying that to people. So that's what we did. That was like my sport. So I, I, uh, We'd practice on like two or three times a week. We were doing performances. We were competing. And then it was just a thing. You'd go out to like dance parties and concerts and dance. And that was something I thought was normal that other people probably (laughs) didn't. Yeah. But so obviously like lo and behold, I go to this. It's a a 3-6 Mafia concert. (laughs) And and actually, I don't think we were dancing at the 3-6 Mafia concert. (laughs) Yeah. That was crazy. You know, a little not my style. A rave basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we go and I see, uh, I can't even remember like honestly what the sequence of events was, but there was like a dance circle and I saw CJ and we just started talking and it was just like immediate. It was really, it's actually, when I look back at it now and maybe I'm more antisocial now, mm-hmm. I can't imagine <laughs> making a friend the way that it was just instant. Like, dude, you're cool. Like let's hang out. <laughs> like, like, like yeah. just that naivete of when you're younger. And then we both danced. So we would just link up and go to like, I don't know if anybody knows studio 600. That might be, no, I, that's where my first kiss was. Yep. So. Okay. We've talked about, about studio it. 600 on here mm-hmm. prior. This plays a huge role in our lives. Right. So yeah. we, we went to studio 600 and just almost every weekend, every Thursday, every Friday, every Saturday, we were there dancing <laughs> and CJ and I just got so close. And I do think they're, CJ and I actually talked about, I do think there's an element of like serendipity to that where I'm like, we're so different. CJ so was different. A, literally, I would say maybe top 0.01% of athletic ability mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Just could do anything. Everything that he put his mind to, he did it and he was the best at it. Yeah. And I was, I was <laughs> not, we'll say maybe top 50% of <laughs> athletic ability, um, bit of a nerd. But like we would talk about it, he'd be like, I really appreciate that you are kind of like, the, how do I say it? You're, the top. I'm the nerd. The I was, bottom 50%. I was the, nerd. I was the nerd and he was the jock. That yeah. really was what yeah. it was. And we both. And you learned danced. a lot from each other. Yeah. Because you were so different, I feel like. And it, that was what made our relationship so interesting because it was like, I was, con- we were constantly exposing each other to new ideas and new things. And mm-hmm. so it just became a thing that like, you know, we always hung out. We did different things. He brought me into different adventures. I brought him into some video <laughs> games. Maybe. <laughs> you kind of like broke the stereotype. Yeah. 100%. Right. Like we people would have never picked you two um, yeah, to be friends. Not, yeah. not at all. And, and that Which is was cool. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then we just got so close. And I don't know if it was because it's like opposites attract or bec- the yin yeah. and yang of like what, what we were into. And then we just kind of like centered in on dance. And then 
we started a clothing brand and CJ was on his mission. So I guess I can get him back, right? Because when he was on his mission, I started this clothing brand called Insole and it, we did a lot of cool things with it. And then when I was on my mission, he met you and did something. <laughs> yeah. Always talked about. Yours is way bigger still. <laughs> yeah. Just, a, just, you know. He met the love of his life. You started a little cool shirt company. I'm, I'm not going to, I am going to say CJ was really pissed off. He's like, How, why'd you do that? Yeah. Why did you, why did, I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure he was wait. so jealous. Yeah. He, he was annoyed. Yeah. Um, but then that, we did a lot of that stuff. Did, we had a warehouse and, um, like a crew and we were performing and selling stuff and making videos and we just did. Yeah. So that was just how our relationship progressed. Just tons of adventures, tons of fun. It was always something different. There was always something going on that we went and did. And I think that's, you know, you grow through experience too. So even though we were different, we just had so much life experience together. Yeah. You were going to be friends forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So when the accident happened, we're going to jump right in. Mm. Is everyone ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, we actually, that was the first, well, maybe not the first question we asked you, but probably the third question is if we should call Josh. So I feel like it was very well known that oh, you yeah. two were best friends. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody knew, like, what's the first thing we do? You were the first thing we do. You didn't know, so we didn't call him yet. But who did call you and how did you find out? So I had just... I Where just, were you? Yeah. I was in St. George. So I'd just gone down with my extended family on Kirsten's side to do a boating trip in St. George. So we literally dri- driven down and I woke up in the morning to three missed calls from CJ's mom. And okay. I was just, I was just like, Oh, I wonder what, wonder what Jeanette's calling me about. And so I'm still completely groggy, right? Yep. Like I'm really out of it. And I called her back and she, and she was hysterical and she was sobbing and I couldn't really make out what she was saying. And she just kept saying, Josh, 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 Josh. And I just was like, what's going on? What, like, what do you need from me? What, what's going on? And she, that's what she said. She said, CJ died. And she just kept saying, CJ died. Josh, he died. And I, like, I'll be honest. I do think that there's probably some, some trauma there because it's, it's a little bit of a blur. I remember, sure. I remember just sitting there on the bed and my hands were shaking and I, she was saying what she was saying and my, I felt like just a different, like my brain was on a different freeway mm-hmm. going, what is happening? Like, is this, am I in a dream still? Like, yeah. did I, I just woke up, but I think there's a good chance that this is a dream. And then the more it, it went on, and obviously that 30 second call felt like, like an hour. Yeah. The more it went on, the more I was like, I actually think this might be real. Like this, yeah. might, this might actually be happening. And of course you go through denial in that call where you're like, she's got it wrong. She's, yep, he's exactly, in a hospital. Yeah. She's panicking. Um, that is exactly like where I was with her. Like she heard it wrong for sure. She heard it wrong. Yeah. Like there's no way that's what was just said over the phone. Yeah. Right. You like can't, you can't cause your brain doesn't like, it's not prepared for that kind no. of information. And so I'll be honest. And you know, in the moment it probably didn't even sound, it, it probably didn't sound like it was hitting me. And I'm sure it didn't because I was like, okay, there's actually like a 2% chance that CJ's playing a prank Right. That he's in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. That that she's panicking. He's really hurt. And the, the sight of blood makes her think something. Totally. Like, honestly, I was running through all this and my hands were shaking. And I just kept thinking to myself, I feel completely useless. Because if this is real, I have, like, I'm running through. What what can I do? What can I say? And, what's next? And no, Yeah, what's yeah. next? And nothing was coming to my mind. All I could sit there and say was, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm asking her questions. What? And I hung up the phone and... I just sat shell-shocked and Kirsten had come in for the tail end of the call and had heard on speakerphone and 
I just sat there and my head was spinning and the whole room was spinning and it felt like like someone had just pressed pause on the simulation. Like yeah. someone had just just hit the button. Well, you two must be friends. You guys talk about simulations often. <laughs> I got it from him. I adopted Every that from him. Every time I'm like, she says simulation, I'm all, okay, oh, and here, we, here go. we go. Just kidding. No, but, it, but it, yeah. it, that's what it feels like. And there's nothing that you can, that there's, the reason I say simulation is because I feel like in life, everything that you go through has some sort of like thing that develops before it. So yeah, you learn a backflip. Well, it's because you're doing things leading up to that backflip until you get it. Or you go to Paris and, and you've, you've seen pictures on Google. You've, you've looked it up. You've planned your trip. There's always a step of things that prepare you for the thing so your brain can accept it. And there was nothing in my life that had prepared me for that call. There was right. nothing. There was no lead up. CJ wasn't sick. He wasn't. And you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. This is CJ was like the main character um, like I'm my main character, right? In my story, <laughs> my simulation. But CJ was unbreakable. He was he was such like a, a source of life and energy. I was like, if anything's gonna happen to somebody, it's, it's not, not him. him. It's, not him. He was Superman, yeah, literally. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. And so that's like that added to the surrealism of the whole thing. So then it still does. I, I know that's the thing is we talk about it and I talk about CJ and I'm just like, at any moment my brain still kind of believes that he's going to walk in. There's, yeah, like there's months. just no way. There's mm-hmm. no way. Did you know he was racing? So I did because we hung out. What was it like Wednesday night? We hung mm, out. You were together. We were together. The night yeah, before Thursday. You were with me for my whole last date with CJ. Yeah. So you that and was, Kirst. That we was spent the day together. You slept over. Yep. And, and what, what, what did your, that, what was, what, I'm trying to think what happened. I knew he had said, he told us about the, the race and we had all kind of And he said it was in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, that's what he, so this is the thing, is it he was in it a couple was. weeks oh. and this was like a practice run, right? This was like a training run. Because, I have no idea. Because <laughs> honestly, that was the thing is when we talked about it, there was no expectation in my mind he was going. I remember very clearly thinking, Josh is going out of town. He's watching the kids for the first time and. I think ever, ever, right? Yeah. yeah. And CJ and I had joked about him coming up to Heber where we were staying yes. for the weekend. He was going to come up. So I fully expected after we left that night, that was the night he, Lynette's a sweetheart. But that was, <laughs> we roasted her for that whole night about that. And then, yeah. So as we left, plan was, George was going to Bear Lake for Riley's bachelorette party. CJ was very likely going to come up and hang out at the house. And then, I didn't know, but apparently he got a call that he was going to go do this practice, tri- this trial run. And he's obviously a pilot. So he just jetted down and it was with this guy. And so, yeah, com- coming back to me at the house, I'm, I'm literally in shock. I stand up and I just remember walking around the, the house basically saying, can I borrow someone's car? Can I borrow someone's keys? Kind of like, like robotic, like, please, someone let me, let me use their keys. I got to drive. I got to drive. I got to drive. And her whole, her whole family is there. And as I'm going around asking for the keys and I, and Kirsten kind of was explaining what was happening, her whole family, different members in her family started crying and were crying. And I, I was like, kind not, of, not crying, crying yet. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like watching that happen in my periphery. Like, Whoa, like what the heck this is? It's the seriousness level is going up and up and up slowly. And I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't get keys. I think I called the rental car place and I don't think I made a lick of sense to who I was talking to. I think they were like, is that guy high? He's on drugs. Because yeah, I was like, car now, where are you? And was nobody giving you their keys or were you just frantic? There was no cars that were available because okay. I would have had to 
somehow bring it back. I can't even remember what happened. There was just nothing available. They had a, a boat that they were towing around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Truck. Okay. So then I just went online and I bought a plane ticket. Um, they could have charged me anything. I had no idea. I just jumped on the plane and then. Oh, that's a long plane ride. Yeah, that, that was such a surreal experience because I got on the plane and then I didn't have service Ooh, for an hour and a half. But you called me. Yeah. Before? Um, I was in the, the waiting lounge. Yeah. And that was, that was a terrifying call. For, for as close as you and I are, I honestly was, I was like, I have, I feel so overwhelmed. I don't know what I could possibly say to you. I don't know what I could possibly do. Everything I'm going to say feels offensive <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. because I'm what like, do you say it sounds it's stupid like josh i'm so sorry are you okay like those kind of questions were no i'm not okay yeah no you're, shit like yeah, yeah literally you're sorry doesn't help <laughs> so i think i just called you and i just remember telling you i like i love you and we're gonna figure it out and i'll do whatever it takes and you have every ounce of my energy and you you were like i had my phone on me and i was getting a ton of calls and texts and you were one of the only ones I actually answered. And I, I remember you just saying that you just wanted to hear my voice. And, like, it was crazy because, like, I just wanted to hear yours, too. Like, just as bad because, like, like, he was our person, you know? Like, yeah. gosh. And there's only, like, so many people that were so close to him. And, I mean, when you find out news like that, you just kind of want to be with the people. The closest thing to that, him. Yeah, that loved him just as much as you, you did. You were with your brothers at this point. Yeah, when I right. answered, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was in the car. It's a crazy experience, and I still feel like that now. Immediately, you're chasing whatever's left of them in the world. Uh-huh. Like that, like that day, I'm like, I want to hear your voice. I want to go see his dad. I want, like, I'm chasing what's whatever's left, um, even before it feels real. Yeah. And so yeah, so I jump on the plane. I lose service, and right before I lost service, <laughs> this is where. This is where CJ would absolutely roast me because this is where we are very different. Um, I have a perspective on books, right? And my perspective is, is a book is like, it's like, you know, in the matrix, if you guys seen the matrix, you haven't, you're looking at me like I'm you showed me the matrix. Okay. So he like, he like plugs in and he's able to like learn like entire things in two seconds. It's okay. like he plugs in a computer and they, yeah. upload. so books like that are books are like that for me where I'm like, yeah. Someone spent 50 years of their life learning something and then they write a book on it that they edit and distill down. And so I'm like, I need to read a book about this. And it's <laughs> just like, bro, you are such a nerd. But right before I got on the plane, I'd heard about a book called On Grief and Grieving. And so I downloaded it and I got on the flight and I started reading it. I was just bawling. And there was a lady sat just to my right. It was one of those, obviously those regional airlines. Did Kirst tiny. come with you? No, Kirst okay. stayed home. And I just was just sobbing and it was just like it was the most surreal feeling because I w- then I was really felt like I was locked in time because there's no service I'm not getting texts or calls updates it's like everything stuck just on a plane yeah for an hour and a half and actually it was a beautiful I thought it was a beautiful experience because I read part of that book and it just felt like someone was speaking to me it did feel like someone had written those words for me and I think I read two chapters and then I didn't read the rest of the book but that was all I wrote a quick journal entry and then I just decided like how how do I do this yeah, I had to make a decision on how to move forward because something has happened to me and I can either like just absorb it or I can like do something. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to get off the plane. I'm going to go straight to George's house and I'm just going to do whatever in my power I can possibly do for the next 24 hours. Yeah. I'm just going to become like the help, just the help, the help. Yeah. yeah I'm going to be the help, the hired help. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And, and I had to, like, think through each step because my brain was just bewildered. So, yeah, I got off the plane, went straight to George's, and 
didn't leave for two months. Yeah, we lived Straight there. Up. I know. Thanks. I thanks for that. I didn't charge me rent. <laughs> didn't yeah, charge you nothing. Didn't charge me. No, it was um yeah, it was a weird time. And this is that that serendipity where like I've actually been asked the question by people. Do you, did you think that there was any signs that this was going to happen? Like, was there anything in your life that made you think, oh, yeah, I've been asked that too. It's a weird question because yeah. since then, I, I, I think looking back, there, there were things that make it make sense. I don't think there was any like, like sign in the road <laughs> that was like, beware. By the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but there's just weird things that lined up in a strange way. It was like Kirsten and I were in between, right? We didn't have a place yet. Um, we didn't have kids. And so, like, we had this this opportunity to be like, it wasn't even a question. Both of us were just like, yeah, we'll be there, whatever she needs for the next, however long she needs it. We're here. That's what we want to do. That's it's not like that's what we have to have to do yeah. or what we or want. should. It was yeah. just like, what else would we do that feels important right now? What like I, you want me to go just work a job and type numbers Ugh. into a computer? It was yeah. like, and my partner who's a legend and knew CJ as well. We'd actually gone to Spain together, my partner, me and CJ. So he knew him and he was like, I'll cover, do That's what you awesome. need to do, be present. <clears throat> and yeah, that was, and I'll be honest, I don't know how you feel. A lot of that was a blur. Yeah, it was such <clears throat> a blur. But I do know like it truly saved me having you guys at my house for like, just like that long. I think, I think back and I think like if I hadn't had you guys there all the time, like making me go play pickleball, making me go get my Dutch bros, like making me do all these things and literally just sitting there and talking to me and like, just like the questions I would ask you and like how comforting you always were. And then the two chapters that you read on grief and grieving, like those really helped me. Like I asked you a question and you were like, I just read about this. And then you would tell me and like, just no, like it was insanely helpful having you guys there and you being there for me. It was just, it's exactly what I needed. I it think what, it's like, oh, I was going to say it was what I, it was what I needed. Ironically, like, yeah, I think we all needed it. Yeah. Cause you go uh, how, and this is probably the thing that like, I think about it in retrospect, really similar, funny enough to the wedding experience. Everybody does things a certain way because that's the way that you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Someone dies, cool. Everybody comes together for one day for a funeral and yep. then it's done. And then the people that were close to them, they just keep going on. And, you know, you think about other cultures where they spend three weeks in mourning together. That's all they do every day or mm-hmm. like a month. And, yeah. you know, yeah, it's funny because I I desperately needed to be close to someone that was close to him so that I could talk about it and I could figure it out and I could I could feel like something in the form of closure related to him too, like yeah. having him around kind of like yeah. being in his house with me and my, our kids, you know, and his parents coming by and, and mm-hmm. it was, it, I'll, I'll never forget just sitting in the backyard with you, me and Kirsten mm-hmm. just sitting back there and just <laughs> talking. And I'm pretty sure that like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that we had maybe the same conversation 150 <laughs> times, yeah. 100 times. But that's what we needed. I just yeah. remember um, something super comforting for me too was we were talking and Kirst literally was just bawling and she was just like, I just have this huge feeling that you are going to be okay. And she's like, I can't get it off of my mind. And she's like, Josh and I were laying there last night and we were just talking saying like, she's going to be okay. Like we know she's going to be okay. Yeah. And it's just so comforting hearing that from peop- the people that are closest to you in like that yeah. time, just like them having faith that I'm going to be okay when I had none. none. Like, yeah, it was so nice to hear, especially from people you trust. Yeah. I think a lot of people knew you were going to be okay because of the type of person you were and the relationship you had with CJ. Mm-hmm. I remember Maddie saying the same thing. Like I was just like, 
she'll never be the same. She'll never be the same. And Maddie was like, she's going to be okay. Not right now, not mm-hmm. in five years, whatever, but she's going to make it. And I feel like you, Josh, had a huge role in that. And you not absorbing it, like you said, like people absorb it and they never recover. Literally yeah. people never recover. Yeah. And rather than absorbing it, but taking a step forward, getting out of bed every day, you making a plan of what you were going to do, I think saved a lot of people, not just you two. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? In the situation, yeah. right? Well, Josh is, you know, well, I think that the the way that Josh has attacked this and like been, you've been really assertive and, you know, I don't know yeah. if you were like that before CJ because I was on my mission, so I had no idea. <laughs> but like you, you did what I feel like in a lot of ways CJ would have done, which is like, mm-hmm. this is a challenge. This is not, I'm, I'm not a victim. This isn't, just a tragedy and a random, you were like, this is a challenge and I'm going to overcome it. And you just nailed it. And I think you led the way for a lot of people who look to you as the number one person that is, is hurt by this. And in a lot of ways you've helped everybody heal. So it's just a, it's just an interesting thing. I think we, we love as a group, we heal as a group, like for sure. no one does anything on their own that, is of this kind of significance. Mm-hmm. I remember coming over to your house when all of you guys were there and it wasn't, it was sad, but it wasn't. And I think that's, it's something I'll never forget. Like there was still like peaceful and like happiness within it. And I think that's a huge part of healing, right? Mm-hmm. Like instead of everybody just sitting around crying all day, right? Yeah. yeah. There was, he did make you go to play pickleball, go get your Dutch bros and still live like lively things. Mm-hmm. And like have like hopeful conversations totally. rather than like us just sitting there being so depressed and sad totally. and talking about how our lives are over. Like, we, what are we going to do next? Yeah. What now? It was kind of like, we need to move forward. Like this is how this is going to go. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, I, was, I feel like in some ways we needed to like all have permission, heal and move on. Mm-hmm. Like, and that came through the f- slowly doing that every day. Like, it's okay if, you know, a week later we're all laughing in the living room. That's not, in some ways I would feel guilty. I'm like, oh, I'm cracking jokes. Yeah. And yeah. It was like, no, like you have to do things like that. You don't have to be always yeah. sad, always miserable, especially in honoring somebody that was not like that. Yeah, exactly. All. I know. And we would, Kish and I would sometimes talk and I'd just be like, you know, it's funny because I don't think I'm having this experience where he's in the room with me. My imagination of him is so vivid of what he'd do and what he'd be like mm-hmm. if he knew that he, like if he was a spirit floating around in here, like I know what he'd be saying and I know what he'd be doing and I yeah. know he'd be laughing and he'd be joking and he'd be so stoked on the new ability to fly <laughs> <laughs> and move through walls. His and yeah. superpower. <laughs> like, we would geek out. we like, so what's it, you got x-ray vision or, or you know, like. What's it like? I And that that's really comforting. I think the way he was in his like, positivity and his happiness and his energy it was it was easier to transition because I just I was like yeah I feel like he's here with us now just laughing and mm-hmm. joking and happy and wh- why would we sit here and be miserable forever just because this happened yeah I don't know if that makes sense but no it makes sense it does um okay so you came to her house and how ma- how many days after was the funeral I don't remember was it one week um yeah it was six days was the celebration of life okay and that's when I found out Kirst was pregnant. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> I found out I was pregnant that morning. Yes. And, I, and they were in my basement. Oh. And I showed my mom the pregnancy test. My mom ran down to grab Josh and Kirst. And Kirst came up. I didn't know she was pregnant at the time. And I'm bawling in my yeah. bed. Like, no way. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. If you way. can only, yeah, imagine. 
And Kirst was like, well, you're not doing it alone. And I remember just like looking at her and she just started bawling because <laughs> it's funny because like she's so she didn't really want kids. I mean, she wanted them, but like mm. she wasn't like the typical like. I want to be a mom right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Intense, yeah. And so CJ and I would always like laugh at how like not motherly she was with my <laughs> kids. And Josh was like the best ever with the kids. But like, so just like hearing her say that she was pregnant, like, and it's just something we waited for for so long for them. And it was just like way exciting in that moment. So I think it took a lot of the weight off of my heavy, you know, yeah, news. For sure. And it was comforting to know I wasn't going to be doing it alone. Cause I know that, you know, if I- yeah. Yeah. They were, they were right there with me and stuff. So it was, I mean, crappy, but also like it helped a lot. So that like they someone there. to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What an, that was, so, that's probably, you know, you have like regrets and that's the worst because we found out we were pregnant and, mm. and we've been talking, obviously life partners, right? We're always talking about <laughs> like when you're going to have kids and we got to raise them together. We're going to live gonna in the same our, neighborhood. Yeah, have our little pack and plays <laughs> that just like we go from house to house. And mm-hmm. we found out we were pregnant and we literally hadn't told anybody yet. And we were like, I'll CJ and Josh. And we were like, let's just wait. I don't know why. And I'm so mad because it's just not a good reason. And we came to your guys' house and in classic CJ and Josh fashion with their intensity they had pregnancy tests and they're like, (laughs) Kirsten had been specifically, she out of nowhere was like, yeah, CJ was at the store and he was like, do you guys want anything before you come over? And Kirsten's like, I want fresh peaches. (laughs) Oh shoot. Peaches and cream (laughs) and pickleball. So specific. And CJ was like, yo, are you pregnant? (laughs) And Kirsten's like, they know. And I'm like, well, you're being really obvious about it. She was. And so we came over and they were like, we got a pregnancy test. You have to go pee on it. Like, like, like literally the the pregnancy police that go in the bathroom here it is and we're both like what should we do i mean should, should we, we should we put water on you it, have to like, what's going on on it? <laughs> you pee on it and it sucks because that was the i think that was that night wasn't it yeah so yeah you guys came over wednesday night slept over wednesday you were there thursday and it's so i think it was wednesday night yeah i, I don't know and so that was in my my talk was just i was devastated because that would have been the that would have been one of those like highlight moments in my life was us telling you guys mm-hmm. we're now because they never ceased to let us know how <laughs> different things were. Oh, you guys are gonna know when you have kids. Like, oh, <laughs> real easy life, you know. And and I just was so excited to tell CJ because CJ had this knack for like always being the most excited about any news you had, and so I was so looking forward to that moment. And and then it didn't get to happen. Missed it, and so. Then when we found out another like waking up to bad news, we shoot out of bed because Nanette comes banging in at like 8 a.m. and is like, Kirsten, you need to go upstairs right now. George found out she's pregnant. And I'm literally pulled ice water down my my back. Like, what the fuck? What is happening? Kirsten's like, should I tell her? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yes, anything. Now's the time. This is the the time. time. We've learned our lesson. (laughs) Do not not tell them about important life events. Don't wait. Just tell them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so you were a big part in planning the funeral. Oh, I wouldn't say huge. You, I was, no, I was you were. there. I was, you were. I was a shuttle runner. What was that like, though? I feel like it probably was a blur. Mm-hmm. But are there moments in that process that you were like, what am I'm sure there were, but like, what am I doing? How did I get here? Or was it pretty foggy that you just kind of went through? Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like it was pretty foggy. I feel like I feel like that was one of those cases where you feel time marching on without you. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, so the funeral has to be held this day. Right. You can't you don't have a postpone choice. it because 
we're sad or we don't have energy or whatever. Right. It's it's going like it's happening. And if we don't plan for it, people are going to show up and there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> no on one the, else is going to be there. <laughs> yeah. So so it was one of those weird things where I'd have moments of like, I can't believe that we're moving in this direction so quickly. Yeah. Like we are now a day before the funeral. That means it's been a week since I got the news and it feels like it was an hour ago. And I feel completely overwhelmed. And I mean, my only thing was, you know, I feel overwhelmed. I just want to take that level of overwhelm from George because George is obviously that's just the word. I can't, I don't know. I think it's an awful part of society that anybody has to do anything when they get that news. Like the f- there should be, yeah. there should be some mechanism where they don't even have to be part of those conversations. They just show no, up seriously. on the day. Well, and why, why do we even do it? Yeah, it's for other people. It's it not is. even for us. It is. All that effort is, it is. to give everybody yeah. else closure, but mm-hmm. you don't get closure. No. You don't walk away being like, oh, okay. that was beautiful. Yeah. Like, no. Like, what a what a great day. Yeah. That's not the feeling you get after. <laughs> no. <laughs> Gosh. It's like, no. it's like almost comical. It's that's almost, how it is. It's almost worse because I feel like everybody gets their closure at the funeral besides you and the people close to you. And then they leave and they leave. And like, yeah. and then- you kind of dread the end of the funeral because like that feels like the end the of end. everybody coming over, everybody like really caring every, you know, yeah. it's just like, it feels like it's closed and done for them. And for me, it's, it's forever. Yeah. And so it really kind of, it's a, it's a scary thing when the funeral's over. It yeah. was a weird feeling. For sure. 100%. Um, Writing your talk. Mm-hmm. What, what was that like? Did you even know where to start? Did no. you feel prepared <laughs> at all when you went to write it? No, I, I will never forget that. And I actually said it in my talk. It was like talkception, talking about what I say in the talk. <laughs> yes, it talk. is. Yeah, so, so Josh spoke at the funeral, everybody. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I should say that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so I was in Josh's basement on the couch that I'd sat on a hundred plus times with CJ. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I have my laptop screen open and it's pitch black. And I'm just looking at this like glowing screen that's blank, a document with the you know, the flashing cursor. <laughs> That's all, get moving, yeah, come on. The, yeah, that, that's just blinking at you. And I just was like, what, what is happening? And what do you say? What do you say? What, what, who is this for? Is this for, is this for other people? Is this for me? Is this for CJ's spirit? You know, yeah. is this for George? Is this for George's kids? Like, why am I doing this? And what am I doing it for? And I just decided that like, for me, it was going to be for CJ because then I knew indirectly it would be for George. And but if I could just talk to my best friend from the pulpit, just imagine him, I did imagine him floating <laughs> out in the chilling, audience, chilling. Yeah. And, and it was weird because I remember sitting there, I think an hour went by and I didn't write a single word. And, and I was just like, dude, this is the, the I can and then I had a really vivid moment where I turned to my right and I just imagined CJ vividly sitting there, just like being there with me. And, you know, like it's the way it's the way it would be if I was writing a funeral for one of my loved ones. Let's say somebody in my family passed away. Right. I know CJ would have been sat right there with me and we would have just been talking about it and talking through it. And I would have been you know, going through it with him. He would have been there. There's yeah. no doubt in my mind. He would have sat there with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I just had my I don't know if it was my brain playing tricks on me, if I was having a spirit experience, if that was just what I needed for for you know, I had an unbelievably vivid image of him and my mom sitting there. Tell me it was okay. Big grin on his face. Like, you're going to kill it. You'll be fine. And then Don't it mess just up. Flowed. Just kidding. Yeah, I can 100%. see it. <laughs> and then it just flowed. And then I, I wrote it. And then that was all a blur. Gave the talk and it was all over. Okay. We're actually going to have Josh read his talk because I feel like 
we've had Jodge read hers, and I feel like it was just, it just kind of describes the whole everything. Situation. Situation. CJ as a person. Yes. All right, it's going to be very surreal reading this again. Get ready. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Gosh. Okay, so I've got what I could, I've got what I would consider an impossible task before me. Somehow I'm supposed to express every thought, feeling, and emotion I have about my best friend of 15 years in a few minutes. I can't tell you how many times I typed something, then deleted it, then typed again and deleted again. To be honest, it all feels very trivial and small compared to the gigantic hole that he left behind. As I was struggling to know what to say or to write, I had a flashback to the night before his missionary farewell. Some of us had stayed up until about 3 a.m., and we ended up sitting on a curb outside of a Taco Bell, just talking and hanging out. (laughs) Fully prepared to go home and go to sleep. I get up and go to my car and see Jollison goes, bro, I got to write my farewell talk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and keep in mind, this is 3 a.m. the night before, okay? I genuinely was flabbergasted. And I was even more shocked when he handed me the phone and asked me to write it, quote-unquote, with him. <laughs> <laughs> so there we all sat at 3 a.m. in a Taco Bell parking lot, writing his farewell talk together, finding random scriptures that sounded good, coming up with absolutely terrible spiritual metaphors. And I just remember at the time having my mind blown that he felt zero stress about leaving what was definitely one of the most intense talks of his life up until that point. But that was him. (laughs) So there I sat last night past midnight with a blank growing glowing screen in front of me. And I felt a little gypped, you know, this was definitely his time to return the favor and help me write the most intense talk of my life so far. And the thing is, I know if he was still there or if he's still here, he would have sat on that couch right next to me until it was done. He just had that ability, no matter where you were or how many other people were hitting him up for help, he would be right there like you were the only one. Somehow, he was apparently blessed with a longer day than everybody else. (laughs) I can barely make it through a new TV series in the amount of time that he's suddenly gone professional in a new sport. (laughs) I went to England for a year and a half and suddenly he's a professional wakeboarder. I genuinely couldn't help but find some humor in the fact that in hearing how he died, I also had to comprehend that he was suddenly a navigator for a Baja truck race out in Tooele, which is so random. And that's one thing I've always admired about him. He thrives in the face of challenge. After staying up that night past 3 a.m. writing his farewell talk with him, I knew he was nervous to speak, absolutely nervous. But he walked up to the pulpit the next morning, squared up his shoulders, and defiantly stared out at the audience and took a moment just looking at everybody with that huge grin on his face. And that's how I remember him with everything. That's how he faced life. Huge grin on his face and defiance in his eyes with the subconscious challenge to anyone to doubt him. He knew whatever challenge he might face that he'd overcome it eventually, and he was determined to do it over and over again. And that's what made him a legend. It wasn't just sports. He applied that mentality to every part of his life. He took on the challenge of being a husband and a father with the same ferocity that he took on everything else. I watched him transform from Studio 600 mascot to husband of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. It was. <laughs> it's been said so many times, but I can't imagine a better dad to his kids. I don't think I can fully comprehend this week what the future holds without him. He's been right there for me with me for all of it. From my first girlfriend, my first breakup, going through college, deciding to go on a mission, getting engaged, quitting my job and starting a business, getting married during a pandemic. I'm devastated that he's not here so I can eventually hand him a cheesy urine uncle keychain when my wife Kirsten gets pregnant for the first time. Side note, that was when <laughs> you we were. actually knew we were pregnant. <laughs> you were pregnant. Yeah. But we weren't announcing that over the pulpit that's that right, day. That's right. <laughs> well, that was not the time to announce it. That yeah, would have been a little, little, little selfish. Um, I was looking forward to that day because I know how excited he would be for us to finally be able to raise kids together and go on another new life adventure. 
But it's funny because now that he's gone, I can't imagine him old and tired. He's always lived like he had less time than everyone else. And in doing that, he taught everyone around him to enjoy life in the process. So although I feel inadequate for what comes next, I feel I'm right there telling me to square up, put a big grin on and stare at this next challenge saying, watch me. And I want to end with a message to George and CJ's family. It goes without saying, but I want to promise it in front of all these people. You are my family now and you won't be alone when the dust of this week settles or in a month or a year. I found a talk a pastor gave that summed up my thoughts perfectly. So I want to read it here. All of you gathered here, he said, are friends of the widow. While all the best parts of him live on in her, many of the physical roles and tasks that her husband played are now left undone. Don't call and ask what you can do. Just do it. Don't go to her house in afternoon, stay for an hour and think you've done your part. Think about how you can help her during the next year. Play a role in her grief. That will be the greatest gift you can give her. The end. <laughs> the end. The end. I am unwell. <laughs> I oh. feel like that sums it up. There's not anything and much better you have been here for me <laughs> eight no, months later been, i can attest you, you kept your promise that would have been awful yeah, you know, i'm like so this, like, is, so this is the first time i'm seeing you <laughs> since i heard that so i just like so what, what, what was that last part can you about repeat again? that <laughs> yeah i don't know what that, that was about writing? is that a contract because i think i can sue <laughs> no oh. i feel like that last part especially people always ask us like what do we do? What, what do we do? And I feel like that sums it up perfectly. Like there's not a lot you can do besides show the freak up and don't stop showing up. Yeah. Right. Uh And you are a very, very good example of that. Yeah, you are. You got to fight against your natural brain because I think a lot of people, you you know, you just, you move on, you experience sadness and grief and you cry at the funeral. And then for a lot of people, it's never closed, but there's more closure, right? And for so sure. it's very easy. The natural tendency is just like, I'm going to, and that that's for all of us. That's not, you know, I'm not unique to that. And so it is like this conscious thing to be like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to go, I got to take some time and think about what can I do. And I've been actually awful. George is giving me more credit. I've been awful the last couple of months, but I think. Stop. <laughs> but I think, no. but what, I, what I'm saying is that like, th- that happens all the time, you know, where you just, you forget and it never goes away for the people close to them. Yeah. Like, like that, w- that is one lesson I learned is that when your friend's mom passes or someone close to your friend or, or anything, y- you have to remember that like, you know, a year later, they're still thinking about it and crying totally. about it. It's every day for it's, them. It's every day. And so it's never a bad idea to just say, Hey, are you, are you still doing how's okay? It, yeah. Like, are you, how's that going? And that question's never going to be a bad thing to ask. Totally. Even if it's 10 years later, because it doesn't really, it doesn't ever go away. Yeah. And I, that was a lesson I learned through this experience that I'm glad I know now when someone passes, sure. I'm like, I just need to remember, you know. We like, had a girl at the bachelorette party, actually, the day it happened, said to all of us, we, and we've talked about this before, put a reminder in your phone from six months to, to until, from six months from today, because that day will be harder than today. That's right. So, that's so smart. And it's like one of those things where it that day was such it was the worst day of your life, but six months later isn't much easier. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're not like rolling and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It gets harder because everybody else, all your support system totally has now gone back to normal life. Totally. Yeah. And it's awkward for them. Yeah. In some ways, because they're like, oh well, I don't want to ask because they, you know, she, I don't want to make her cry or right. whatever. Right. But it's like, yeah, but she is. Chances are they're not okay. Chances are they are still sad and maybe don't be awkward about it. No, you know, but there's, there's something to that. And you know, my buddy's mom just passed away and I, 
And it was really sad because I was like, yeah, that's, this is awful. And, and I, I do feel better equipped, hopefully, to yeah. be there for Be him. prepared for that. And yeah. I'm going to ask the awkward question in eight months, you know. Hey, yeah. are you still doing all right? Everything okay? And put that reminder on my phone. Yes. You know? <laughs> it was just like, it's interesting because just this whole situation, kind of the same thing. Like, you see someone post it on Instagram about somebody else, like a friend of a friend or whatever. And you text them immediately. I hope you're okay. Love you, love you. And you never have to think about it again. Yeah. Right? Like, I knew, I didn't know that person, but they did. And like, if that person means something to you, then so should they. A hundred percent. And I think that's important to remember for like society in general. Yeah, because you contribute to their healing. Totally. If I ask, you know, if someone asked me today, hey, are you doing okay? Like, how are you doing with the whole CJ thing? The amount of like, help that that gives and i'm not by the way i'm not saying hey will you guys all (laughs) what i'm saying is just it means so much that one little question means the world to me my you know my close friend sam my business partner he he, he's great at that you know and the other day he's just like hey dude how are you how are you doing with that whole thing and you know i instantly kind of come apart but it's like thank you for asking yeah because it's not easier it does it feels like they open up a space for you to be like oh my gosh like yes let me actually talk to you about this because yeah. How do you bring it up? Yeah. I mean, you, you have every right to bring it up, but it is awkward on the flip end, right? To mm-hmm. be like, so by the way, today sucked. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one asked. Right. And it's like a weird conversation to bring up. Most people have a natural tendency to not want to be a negative Nancy. Yeah. You totally. Know, I, yeah. I, that's I, a normal thing. That's, and not that that is being a negative Nancy, but that's just our gut intuition is like, I don't, oh, don't want to dump this on yeah. you today. I don't want to complain, but no, you should, yeah. you know, you, you, you know, anyways. Yeah. Oh, it's a lot. <laughs> so after, yeah, since the funeral up until today, what would you say has been the hardest part? Well, let's start there. The hardest part, or when you left Jaws for the first time, was that? Yeah, let something me, that was easy. I've got in a, a way. I've got a a no. It's actually one of like I'm gonna say journal entry, but we we talked about this earlier. <laughs> less less a journal and more just a a note I wrote. Yeah, and I want to find it because. I actually would highly recommend anybody to read that on grief. And there's there's one passage, there's actually a couple that I'd love to read, but the one that I feel like the best explains what I feel like, what I'm feeling like, is, is this. And it goes, when a loved one dies, all the roles that they fulfilled are left open. Some we consciously and unconsciously take on ourselves. For other roles, we consciously or unconsciously assign them to someone else, or someone may take them on. Still other roles may be left unfilled. And... I feel like that there's something about that 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 really resonates me where I go, you know, CJ, he fulfilled roles in my life that that no one else filled. He was a source of strength. He was a guide. He was a mentor in parts of life that I didn't feel like I was good at or I understood. He was a friend. He was someone that lifted me up in any circumstance. And, you know. A cheerleader. A cheerleader. Mm-hmm. He was like literally. the biggest hype man ever. Yeah. Biggest hype man ever. A source of energy. A source mm-hmm. of a new adventure. Like Positivity. Yeah. And, there, you know, those, there's the, those are hats that he wore that some of them get given to other people. Some mm-hmm. people do really well at those. And a lot of those hats or roles are still sitting on the shelf. And that's what I felt leaving Jodges and everything is like, how do I how do I do that? My loss is very, very bespoke to me because that there are things that he did for me in my life that or roles he played that he didn't play for other people. And he played roles for those people differently than, and their loss is different and unique to them. And that's the thing that the last eight months I've really like grappled with is, is 
wow, yeah, some of these roles will never go filled. Some yeah. of them might be filled one day. And it's almost learning to live without instead of learning to, like, waiting for them. Yeah, yeah, and, and learning to, yeah, adapt. Adapt, to, yeah, that's to, a great w- way to put it. Yeah, because it is an adaptation. You just don't know. You can't really make a list now right. until... And that, you know, leads me other passage, <laughs> right? Because I've got go. so I'm just such a book guy. <laughs> um, let's see. It basically says, "Yeah, the illusion of infinite time clouds our understanding of the preciousness of one another. That value grows in death as we realize all that we lost, and that yeah. is so true." Eight months later, it's easier to 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 deal with. I wouldn't say the pain. The pain went from a sharp, piercing pain to a dull, all present ache. But that is the thing is the value of CJ grows every day. Every time something happens that I realize, oh, man, had CJ been there for that, this is how he would have been. And I miss that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Tommy, my little baby girl does this. I would. CJ's the guy I'd call. Yeah. Like I'm finding dad memes on Instagram that my (laughs) single friends would be like, dude, what are you sending me? I'm like, I'd send that to Siege. Yeah, he would understand. Yeah. So that I think that's been such an interesting part of death of of, of a close friend. And then, yeah. yeah, it's just been, it's just been a constant like reminder to me what time, the value of time. I'm a very destination focused person. I have a lot of goals I want to accomplish. I love a lot of things I want to do. Yeah. I, you know, in my life, uh, maybe some of that's insecurity driven, right? Like <laughs> maybe some of that is, is thinking I want something, but, but all I know is like, I'm constantly driving and CJ and I were similar in that way. We'd always talk like, would be scheming is yeah. right like yeah. how are we gonna get this how are we gonna have a, a houseboat on pal how are we gonna get a really nice house how are we gonna do this how are we gonna own a business that's passive like we're always having those conversations and driving towards these destinations and i think i've been given an incredible gift from cj passing and realizing that part of me will never go away but i feel such a counterbalance of it's i would trade all that stuff to just hang like we hung that Wednesday night yeah, and tease your mom yeah. and, and joke about and find out that I was having a little baby girl and talk about what the future brought. Like it helped, it really helped me in that way of, and I think that's a gift he gave to me. It was, it's not always about the destination. Yeah. Everything that you have in your life right now is happy and it's wonderful. And life is amazing in the moment. And CJ was brilliant at knowing that. Me yeah. less so, but now I feel like I've I've understood that more of like, man, that I didn't have to be rich to do that escape room with CJ. <laughs> I'd have forty bucks yeah, and, and a tense attitude ever. and it was the best memory I've got. Yeah. Or I didn't need to have a houseboat on Lake Powell to sit on your couch with you guys and binge watch, you know, the new season that just came out of a of a random TV show or go to the theater and get an extra large popcorn. Like those things are my greatest memories. And things I'll carry forever and things I would pay anything to have back. So, you know, as it's as much as it sucks, there's an, an incredible beauty to that lesson that I'll I I I'm glad I'm talking about it now because it reminds me again all over again. Yeah, what just focus on the now. This is this is awesome. Sitting with you, Josh, and talking about it all over again. And you too, Riley. Oh, <laughs> Whatever. So, not I'm just, just Josh, yeah. but like no, yeah. This is a happy, happy moment for me in not like joy, exuberant happiness, but like <laughs> right. In terms of what matters in life. And like, look where we are now. Like we were in my backyard eight months ago, you know, just talking about like, how are we going to do this? And like, here we are like doing it yeah. together, you know, like we're still best friends, like still doing it together. So a hundred percent. Now I'm famous on a podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <thing>. Yeah. <laughs> but now it, we're richer and more famous, <laughs> prettier. Uh, it is weird though. Like 
society, our brains aren't like functioned to what is that? I don't comprehend death, right? Yeah. And it's like the weirdest thing. Like I never thought about time or any of that before this happened. Like I never had had someone yeah. like this in my life. You have we talked about this all the time. You have grandparents that pass away and you're like oh they're so happy yeah. <laughs> yay like yeah. right that's yeah. what the funerals are for by the way celebration <laughs> of them yeah the um, old people yes yeah, so who like whatever but when someone like this when something like this happens it really makes you think it does and you it do like learn tests so that much. brain so freaking much yeah and this I, is this yeah. is where i i'd be a bit nerdy and say like actually i think <laughs> we're we're really separated from death in this civilization in in america in western society now yeah we're so so much more disconnected from death we don't and this this can sound so weird but just hear me <laughs> out simulation, okay? simulation whatever. we don't kill our own animals right we don't see we don't yeah. kill what we eat we're separated from that we celebrate funerals in one day we don't see the preparation of the body you just show up and it's yeah. already prepared by somebody else you talk for eight hours and then you're done and that in my opinion after going through this is not enough it's not yeah you know the it's it's months it's months of talking it's months of understanding it's there's so much that we i think i and i think it's a real if you don't have the support network that i feel like i had with josh and my friends if you're somebody that is without a support network that is an awful thing to go through find your people yeah find your people have your network because it's not enough a funeral one day is not enough two days is not enough yeah Yeah. and and the awkward questions are real, right? And everybody has them, but nobody wants to say them. So say yeah. them and ask them and be bold. Do all of that. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. know, there's a boldness to asking questions. It it was to call George that day in the airport was actually an awfully scary thing to do. Yeah, but it was like, yeah, I mean, I can't not do it. But there's a boldness that you, you have, have to. to. Have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you have. And to it was do it. probably good for. I mean, I know it was good for you to have him be like what are we doing next yeah. do you know what i mean you needed somebody in your life to be like yeah and in the tomorrow's moment, coming in the moment you don't really know who you need or what totally. you need until they call you on the phone or walk yep. into your door and give you a huge hug and yep. you're just like okay like, yeah it's a yeah. little bit of like a breath of fresh air when you see certain people totally and i love that you said people think that someone else is gonna do it you know what I mean? Yeah. Always. And it's like, yeah. take the initiative. And you even if someone else did it, they'll tell you. Yeah. It's already taken care of. Like, thank you so much. Mm. Instead of it's it also go not, missing through the cracks. It's likely never enough. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like, it's likely that, you know, I think about Josh now. I'm like, yeah, two people. It takes two people running. I, I have a five-week-old that I'm like, dude, we are slammed. <laughs> I'm like cleaning are baby booked. bottles viciously and feeding and <laughs> pumping and not sleeping and working. And I'm like, yeah, Josh is doing all of that now two people maxed out with one person the math is 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 off is off it doesn't work and it's awful that she has to do that love that for me (laughs) (laughs) love Uh, no it's hard okay some people ask you some questions are you ready well yeah i mean when you (laughs) ask that i'm not they're serious and not serious okay okay first one josh welcome to the show man Thank you. <laughs> As a new father, which tool route do you recommend? Dewalt, Milwaukee, Rigid, Cobalt, Craftsman. <laughs> Is this Skyler? Skyler, yes. Skyler I Zach. knew that was Skyler. hundred percent. So, so Skyler and Zach, as, as they well know, I am not a handyman. I am a nerd, not good with my hands. So they specifically took me to Home Depot. And these, by the way, Skyler and Zach are, are some of CJ's 
best friends. I do not yep. share. I am not the only best friend. Nope. As we all know, there are many, and they are two of the best people. They're um, the best. They really are. <laughs> they, have, they have done more. And yeah, anyways, just an example of what they did. They took me Home Depot <laughs> and gave me an overview of the different first time starter <laughs> kick tools, right? Milwaukee's expensive, but looks cool. <laughs> Even I do remember. I do is remember. Is that the green? Like, no, they're the red. The red. Blue, blue and green is, uh, never mind. I'm going to look like an idiot if yep. I say it. All yeah. I'm Just saying is. Stop while you're ahead. I told DeWalt's them, I said. Yellow. Yeah, yeah. I told them, I was like, look, it may not be the best choice, but man, Milwaukee has nailed their branding. So I'm definitely doing <laughs> that one, even if it's more expensive. And then, That's amazing. Yeah, so. Have you had to use them yet? I haven't even bought them yet. Oh, so okay. Just at some point, I will. Thank you, Skylar and Zach. That's amazing. Okay. Any dating advice for an independent queen? Oh. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Any dating advice for an independent queen? (laughs) No. (laughs) That's perfect. Let's just, that was great. Be yourself. (laughs) Perfect. If you, hey, if you're, if, look, if, if you, if you know you're a queen, you're probably good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You got that confidence. You got it. You're ready. Okay. Any advice for new entrepreneurs? Entrepreneurs. Um, Yeah. So know what, why you're doing it, I think is an important one. A lot of people want to be entrepreneurs because it's like the new famous. I think it's a bit like wanting to be a movie star. There's a lot entrepreneurship's really glamorized, Yeah, but it's incredibly difficult. So I think, I think knowing why you, you want it is just as important as like getting into it. it. Yeah. Cause if you don't know why you want it and then you find out after, you know, hundred hour weeks, 10 in a row and you're making less totally. than your friends that are working, you know, a, a good nine to five, you'll be like, wait, this was a huge mistake. So right. what's your core principle? What's your core value? And then the other thing is honestly, just do it. Take um, the risk. Take yeah. the risk. If you know why you want it and it's a good solid principle, if you just go for it, um, you will learn. And I would say regardless of what happens, cause I'm a game theory guy. I like to figure out what all the different paths are. <laughs> If you go out and you try to learn and you try to do it and you cut your teeth on certain things and you learn a little bit of marketing and a little bit of sales and operations and finance and all the stuff you have to learn, that makes you not only a better entrepreneur, but also a better employee because you're, you're learning from scratch. You're learning the hard stuff and the yeah. skills. And my big belief is that skills are your greatest investment. So That's awesome. if you can spend money and invest in time into skill development, you'll be good everywhere you go. That's cool. I love that. Okay, next one. What do you think CJ wants for Je- Janessa in her life right now? That's oh. an easy one. I think I think CJ just wants her to be happy. And, you know, I, I think he wants her to have fun and have adventure and not be a boring old maid. <laughs> <laughs> I think if, if, if Josh ended up uh, never leaving her house and having 10 cats, I think CJ would be... A little disappointed. A little disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, I think CJ would be absolutely stoked about what you're doing, George. I feel like what you're doing with the podcast and I mean, this is like, you know, see, you know how CJ would be like, yo, he would tease you for sure. <laughs> yeah. If you slipped up if and he, said something funny on a podcast, oh, yeah. he'd record if he was it and listening, it. <laughs> Oh, I would never hear the end of it. Yeah. He'd dress up like your worst episode for yeah. Halloween. Yeah. You know, he would, yeah. Th- that, uh, but yeah, I think, I think adventure for me, CJ was such a source of adventure that I think you being adventurous and trying new things and trying sushi and mm-hmm. maybe not that, but you know, <laughs> all, all those things, he'd be happy. Yeah. That's great. That's a good one. What was the craziest thing you and CJ ever did together? And do people know about it? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> what? Uh, what? I don't, there's look, there's, there's certain files 
that are closed. <laughs> there's, there's like the X-Files, you know, that you don't open up. <laughs> the craziest thing that we ever did, I feel like we just did a lot of crazy things. You a did. lot of a lot of random random things. This isn't really this doesn't really count. But before his his farewell, we did his farewell in the I think two days before he left on his mission. We went up to some hot springs with a group of people, and like I'll never forget this. We broke glow sticks open and just like sprayed them all over the the hot springs, which might have been carcinogenic. But yeah. <laughs> that sounds unsafe. But, and Don't cancel him, please. <laughs> and there also happened to be freaking shooting stars that night. It was like a shooting star storm. So we had glow sticks glowing all over these natural hot springs. We're with all of our closest friends, and they're shooting stars like every five minutes. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> so how cool. did we get here? <laughs> I was like, this is, I've never had this happen. If I went and did this, it would just look so sad. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. I feel like that was like something CJ was so good at. Like anything he planned or did, it like, it always turned out so well. Yeah. Like, I, and I, he could have planned it like an hour before and, or 20 minutes before. And it like always, always was, was good. so good. It's he, same he with blessed. like how you said, if it was the worst thing ever, he still made it the best memory. Yeah. Right. Like, like while we had, no boats, zero boats, you yeah. guys, not a houseboat, <laughs> no boats, no jet skis. Yeah. And it was probably like one of the yeah, we had funnest weeks party. of our lives. Yes. Yeah. We were like jumping he off other people's houseboats. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was had, his idea. He had the Midas <laughs> yeah. touch, but instead of gold, it was fun. Yeah. Was yes, like for sure. Instant. Yeah. That's a good one. Okay. This feels broad and loaded, mm-hmm. but I, I'm going to ask anyways, how often do you think of CJ now? The immediate answer is always, but I'm, I'm going to be at the risk of sounding like, again, you don't want to be like a, a sad, it's still every day for me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I think that was because like George and CJ were who we hung out with every day. If we had time to hang out, we were hanging out with them, yeah. you know? And, and I, while I was in, in England, CJ and I didn't talk as much and that was really sad, but that was also because we just weren't good at talking on the phone. It was <laughs> yeah. more like, Hey, let's meet up. And we'd meet up. But yeah, honestly, every single day. And I don't know why that is. I thought, I thought maybe, you know, and obviously there's some days it'll go by and you, and you don't, but I feel like in some capacity, I think just because it, it really flipped me into a deep thinking mode yeah. about life about, mm-hmm. yeah, what am I doing everything for? It I'm getting older. everything. It did. It's like, I'm in a different frame of mind yep. that I don't, I used to think, Oh, I'll go back eventually. But I do think it's kind of like, yeah, I think about life and I'm like, okay, I have a baby girl now. And like, how did CJ think about this? Like, yeah. what, you know, what did he, what were his thoughts when he was thinking about raising her and her future in terms of Charlie, right? Like how did, it's little things like, yeah. oh, I remember they used to do this with Charlie. Like I want to call CJ and ask him or like, yeah, you know, we just moved into a new apartment and he would have been there helping and yeah. coming over. And so at, at this point it's, it's actually done a weird, like it's, I was good for a little bit and now I'm definitely more in it. Yeah. And then maybe it'll, I think it'll go back to being good again. But that's, yeah, pretty much every day. Probably life like milestones. Yeah. You're like in a big milestone phase yeah, right that's now. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Um, when you had your baby, c- could you fill CJ? Was it, was that surreal? Yeah. It wasn't. So m- my baby actually was in the NICU. I'm saying my baby, Tommy. She's not a name now. It's <laughs> like saying it now. I got to say she. So she's in the NICU for for uh, like two weeks after she was born. She just had a little breathing thing. And those were crazy like time warp days where I was just sitting in the little recliner all day, you know, and, and it late into the night because I felt awful leaving her. And those, those moments I felt like there was a couple times where I was like, I feel like he's 
he might be here. Like, I feel like he might be hanging yeah. around. I don't know if I'm imagining that because I'm desperate for him to be here or yeah. if he's actually here. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much when, when she was born. I feel like I was like... <laughs> I wish very you could over, have just seen his face. I was very overwhelmed. <laughs> but those moments, those quiet moments after the moments that I feel like there was definitely a couple times where I was like, I can't tell, but I feel like if he was here. This is what I can it feel be. it. And this is what it would feel like. I think yeah. the brain is really cool that way. Yeah. Yeah. Too. Right. Like if he is, or if he's not the piece we can get from whichever one is really cool. Yeah. Like thinking yeah. that he thinking is. Thinking it. Yeah. yeah. And I, um, think he had such a big personality, right? That's probably half the reason why, yeah. right? Like we, he's easy to remember yeah. how he would be in certain situations, right? Josh and I talked about this a ton after about just spirituality. Like, why did this happen? And like, yeah. is this fair? And I was like, you know what? It is better for me to believe that he is 100%. here and with me. And even if it's my imagination playing tricks on me, I just make the choice. It is a choice yeah. because is a there choice. is no evidence either way. Yep. The idea that he's gone and never coming back and he doesn't exist anymore. Why would I want to believe that? No. Right. Like it's just it's so awful. hopeless. I choose to believe in those moments that he's there with me, that he was Absolutely. there with me the night I wrote the talk. And, the, and you know, I like to think that he's even maybe hovering around now mocking how we're saying words yeah. and yeah, <laughs> for sure. reading books. Like I, I, know. I, and I like that. And maybe that's schizophrenic. Maybe that's no. a little delusional. No, but it feels... I yeah, imagine it him feels You right. have to be a little bit delusional with something like this. You and really, really do. It saves is. you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. Like people think that's what faith is and it's mm-hmm. a weird... Delusion. It's a weird thought. It's yeah. a choice. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. All right. What are your thoughts on Justin Bieber? Uh, big fan. Um, big fan. Usher was his swag coach, so he's obviously got that swag. He sure does. Um, he's doing it right. Funny enough, that little brand that I started, that was our, it never resulted in any money, but our greatest claim to fame was that we got one of our shirts on a dancer in one of Justin Bieber's music videos. An insole shirt? Yeah. That fresh, you know, that fresh yeah. shirt? Yeah, it was on one of his dancers. Blue and red? Uh, no, black and white. Oh. I remember the, the one that you one. know was CJ's random one he printed himself. That oh. was not the right colors. <laughs> he wore <laughs> it all the George. time. Luckily, Mary George and she she got his style rolling. Oh my but, gosh, yeah. that is funny. Oh my gosh, big fan. Big Skyler. big Wait, fan. That one's Zach. Oh Zach. <laughs> Zach, yeah. Okay, I feel like you answered honestly all the rest of these in it. So anything yeah. else that you want to say? Any more advice? It's been. Really, Kirst, really good. We love you. <laughs> we wish you were here. Yeah, you yeah, should have brought Tommy. Kirst was awesome. Yeah, I, like Josh is obviously we're talking because we were here, but Kirst is like, yeah, of course I've, I've got to say it. Like Kirst is with Tommy right now. She's been absolute like foundational to me being able to take the adventures I want to take to be for us to be there with Josh. Oh my gosh, I know. And Kirsten, poor, poor Kirsten, right? She was so like blindsided by that whole thing. And like she, we were all so close, but I just felt like, with her being pregnant and all that stuff she went through, I was so glad that she was on the same page as me. I'm like, look, we got to be there. And I know. She felt the same way. I literally was thinking about that today in the car. I'm like, I'm so glad like we have that trust and that love that like she literally let me have you for a few weeks or months, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you went to the bank with me. You did everything with me. And she was like, yes, go. Like yeah. she was just so, and you Willing. guys were just perfect. Yeah. She made it she made it easy to be there and I feel like she's just awesome. Shout out to Kirsten. Shout yeah. out to Kirsten. Shout out to she's Kirsten. the goat. That's a good way to end this, right? Yeah. Shout out to Kirsten. <laughs> that is yeah, shout out. And I will say, I will say the last thing I'll say is Josh is obviously like I, I genuinely am uh, without being cheesy, I'm not even gonna look at you when I say it. I'm very <laughs> I think it's very cool the way you've handled this. I'm very inspired by the way that you're doing this. The fact that we're right now talking on a podcast 
that you created with Riley out of your own mind, you're really like forming a new life and not without CJ, but because of CJ. And it's very cool. And I think, you know, I was a big fan of you doing the podcast because I think there's a lot of people out there that go through trauma like this that don't have a support circle, that don't have an example of what healthy healing looks like. And so I'm glad that you're doing this because I think that this is a great template for people to say, look, it's okay to be happy again and to reinvent yourself and to become good as new because some people maybe just don't feel like they have permission to do that or they, or they can't overcome that trauma, but it is possible to be happy again. And that happiness is not at the expense of your loved one. It's because of them and with them wherever they are. So, yeah, Yeah, I love that. I, one last question for me and well, from us, what now on your day to day makes you feel good as new with this situation? Is there something that you can escape with? It can be as small as, a Dutch Bros. That's Video ours. games. <laughs> no, actually, no chance to play those anymore. That's Tommy. Pipe dream. Yeah, young Tommy G. Uh, for me, it's it's um, it's always been learning. Like, I love growing. I love developing. I, I say that as if I do that all the time. I'm probably pretty stagnant sometimes, but I just love learning new things and growing and yeah. seeing what's at the what's on the other end of like the human experience, like the on grief and grieving book. Right. Yeah. I, I read a lot of things there that. I felt like helped me to move forward and fix my mind's frame about it and my mindset. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I sit down with a good book, especially outside in the sun, and I can read something that kind of changes my worldview or helps me understand something better, I feel, feel great. So that's my thing. That's my go-to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. Amazing. Thank you so much. You're the best. For being here. You You're the best, the best ever. You. And thank you all for listening. We love you so, so very much. Make sure to like, subscribe, download all of the things. Hug your people. Then hug them again. 